Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Tuesday, November the 8th, 2022. It is currently 5.45 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. About, what, five minutes ago? Hang on, hang on. Let me, let me verify the exact time because I don't want to say something that's completely incorrect. I think, was it five minutes? About five minutes ago. Maybe five minutes ago is when I saw it. All right, hang on. Let's um, open this up. If I can get my email to open. Here we go. About, what time, what time was the email sent? The email was sent at 5.22 p.m., So at 5.22 p.m., it's now 5.46 p.m., so a little bit more than five minutes ago, I received an email, has a link to a YouTube video, and and, and the headline is, Watch, The Curse of Jeconiah Explained on YouTube. All right, now, earlier today, we did an initial part one on The Curse of Jeconiah. We... We started at least, I asked a lot of questions. I gave people homework. I gave people what to do. I told them to look up the Bible dictionary, look up three commentaries on Matthew chapter one, verse, I believe, 12. I, I gave ever some, uh, everyone some things to do. And I've been waiting for that homework to come rolling in. No one has done the homework, but someone did send me a link, obviously, to a YouTube video that is entitled Watch the Curse of Jeconiah Explained on YouTube. Now, I'm always nervous, okay? Yeah, I, I, YouTube is not really my world. We have a YouTube channel, but I've just never been really into YouTube. I know some people spend all day watching YouTube videos. I just, it's weird. Podcast apps, yes. YouTube videos, not so much. Maybe because every time I get a crazy email about something crazy related to the Bible, well, didn't didn't the Bible teach this? And what about this? And it almost always leads me back to a YouTube video. It all sometimes the craziest stuff I think is found on YouTube. I know it can be found on a podcast app, but for some weird reason, people seem to find this stuff on YouTube. Maybe because on podcast apps that don't sit, they typically don't sit there and suggest other podcasts that fit some algorithm, right? But on YouTube, you watch one kind of video. You watch anything, say, related to the Bible, then any video on YouTube related to the Bible they'll send to you and sometimes filled with just absolutely cra- craziness. I'm not saying this video is, I'm just saying so I, I don't typically look. But so they send me a link to a YouTube video. Again, watch, watch The Curse of Jeconiah Explained on YouTube. This was sent to me at 5.22 p.m. Central Time. The emailer said, I I am still reviewing, but I think this is very helpful. As yet, I don't find any contradictions. Now, I don't know what they mean by contradictions. In other words, there's no inherent contradiction in the video with itself because it's going to contradict someone's view because there's at a minimum, I think, three, I think there's three different possible solutions to the curse of Jeconiah and all of its problems. I think there's at least three views. There may be four. So it's going to obviously contradict one of those other views, unless this ha- this is this offers a view that I, I don't know. We'll, we're, but we're going to find out. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, you haven't watched it? No, I haven't watched it. Because I'm going, look, if you, <laughs> I, I love to watch or listen. Now, it's a video. We're going to be listening to the audio of it. So I don't know if that's going to cause any problems. Now, look, I'm risking, that's always the danger here. I don't review things first. I like to do it in real time. So sometimes I'm left going, uh, uh, well, that concludes this episode of the Theology Central Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sorry I wasted three hours of your time. But but I like that. It's just, I have no idea what's going to happen. So I can't rehearse. I can't be prepared. And it, it just makes it more real. But So let me give you the basic information again of the curse of Jeconiah. Jeconiah also called, now I I, uh, I did find out today, Jehoiakim, some say Jehoiakim, some say Jehoiachin, all right? Chin probably works better than Jehoiakim. I say Jehoiakim, but it it would be, so Jehoiachin, I think is the correct way. And that is found, so uh, Jeconiah 
is also called Jehoiachin. I think that's the correct way to say it. Um, and that is found in 1 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 16 in the NIV. Remember, I believe the King James still used uh, Jeconiah. So just remember, he's known by two different names, again, depending on the translation. He's also known as Coniah in Jeremiah 22:24. Coniah, Jeremiah 22:24. He was a king of Judah who was deported as a part of the Babylonian captivity. And we read that, I believe, in 1 Chronicles 3.17. I think there's a reference to it in Esther, but I have not checked. He also he is also listed in the genealogy of Jesus in Joseph's family line. Matthew 1.12, and his presence in the genealogy is where all the problems arise, really, all right? And here's the reason why. The curse of Jeconiah is found in Jeremiah 22, as we have already discussed earlier today, and where we read this, the Lord, uh, well, in that passage, the Lord likens the king to a signet ring on God's hand, a ring that God will pull off. And that's found in Jeremiah 22, 24. Then God pronounces a curse. Record this man as if childless, a man who will not prosper in his lifetime, for none of his offspring will prosper. None will sit on the throne of David or rule anymore in Judah. Now, that's the problem. None of his offspring is going to sit on the throne of David or rule anymore in Judah. If he's in the line of Jesus, then is Jesus, in a sense, a part of his offspring, his genealogy? So the problem is, is that the curse of Jeconiah seems to invalidate Jesus' right to the throne. The, David, the Davidic covenant promised that the Messiah, the son of David, would reign forever on Jerusalem's throne, 1 Chronicles 17, 11 through 14. If Jesus is a descendant of Jeconiah, then how can he be the Messiah since the curse bars any of Jeconiah's descendants from assuming David's throne? Now, what is the solution to the curse? of Jeconiah. Now, I gave you things to do. I gave you things to do. And also, the original emailer said that in Luke, Jeconiah is, the name is not found in the genealogy in Luke. I think it's Neri, N-E-R-I. And I told you to look up his name as well. And I, and I did explain briefly just how, I mean, the, the, the genealogies in Matthew and Luke are drastically different. And there, there's lots of uh, uh, explanations to why. And we talked about one briefly that Eusebius uh, in, in church history put forth, all right? So, a lot of issues. I'm still waiting for your homework, because remember, I, I don't like to just turn on the microphone and say, here you go, here you, that's what everyone else does. Here's the answer. I'm like, no, 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 I want you looking for the answer. The, the goal was not, I wanted you to look for the answer actually in like Bible dictionaries, looking things up that way, because I'm just curious to see what people stumble upon or what they don't find, all right? Because sometimes, well, never mind. I, I, I don't want to give away anything, but I, I do like seeing what people will find or don't find, all right? So, are you ready? Let's, we're going to listen to the audio of a YouTube video that's the curse of Jeconiah explained. They've got it all figured out, and they're going to figure it all out in 16 minutes and 51 seconds. That's, that's some pretty good stuff, all right? I did not amplify this audio, I do have it cranked all the way up to 100, uh, so hopefully it will be loud enough. Obviously, there'll be a major difference between their audio and my audio. I do apologize for that. I noticed that earlier. I think for the, uh, whenever I did the thing today with Alistair Begg's audio, that was today's focus, I believe. Um, there's a massive difference, but sometimes I remember to uh, amplify it, to, to level it out. Sometimes I forget. All right, but here we go. I, I don't... I would say, what we're about to hear, I, I don't know. What we're told we're about to hear is an explanation. And according to the emailer, it doesn't, there's no contradiction. But again, I, it's got to contradict something because there's multiple views and how to deal with the curse of Jeconiah and how can he be in the lineage of Christ. And yet Christ is not basically then disqualified from being, well, the, on the, he, can't, he can't rule on the throne. So how do we understand this? Well, let's see. I'm, I'm very curious to see what we're about to find, and we are going to hear that right now. 
Doesn't the curse of Jeconiah disqualify Jesus from being king of the Jews? In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 22, it talks about a king named Jeconiah, also known as Jehoiachin or Coniah. And in this passage of scripture, Jeremiah pronounces a curse over this king and says, Thus says the Lord, Write this man down as childless, a man who shall not prosper in his days. For none of his descendants shall prosper, sitting on the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. Basically, in this scripture verse, the prophet Jeremiah is pronouncing a curse over the lineage of King Jeconiah, such that none of his descendants would sit on the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. This has become known as the curse of Jeconiah. Well, in the book of Matthew, in chapter 1, it gives a genealogy of Jesus. And in verse 11, Jeconiah is mentioned in his lineage. This means that Jesus' genealogy in Matthew is a cursed lineage. Stop right here. Let's go to Matthew. He said verse 11. I said verse 12. I think maybe I, I messed up. Oh yeah, Jeconiah, verse 11. Okay, so in verse 11 is the first time he's mentioned. And, Jos and, jo and Josiah... Uh, as begat Jeconiah and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. I focused on verse 12. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah, uh, uh, Jeconiah um, as begat uh, Salathiel, and Salathiel begat Zerubbabel, all right? Okay, all right. I, I'm thinking something here. All right. I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say. I almost want to look up something else really quick, but I'll stop right there. Okay, so verse 11 is the first time he's mentioned. I focused on verse 12, but verse 11 and verse 12. All right, here we go. Since no one of Jeconiah's lineage can become king in Judah, and since Jesus is in his lineage, then Jesus has no right to the throne of David and is therefore disqualified from being king of the Jews. Therefore, he cannot be the Messiah, and Christians all over the face of the earth are following a false Christ. King Jeconiah was cursed. God cursed the line of Jeconiah. And the genealogy in Matthew through the line of Joseph, we see Jeconiah listed in that genealogy in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is related to King Jeconiah. If people are going to use the argument that because he's adopted by Joseph the carpenter and that he inherits the Messiahship, that he would also inherit this curse upon the descendants of Jeconiah. It states that Jeconiah was cursed and that none of his descendants would ever sit on the throne of Israel again, which, if you think about it, actually invalidated a portion of Solomon's kingly line. But again, not because of Solomon, but because of Jeconiah, which I must remind you again is a descendant of Jesus and also disqualifies him for being the Messiah. However, what many people fail to realize is that there are actually two completely different Jeconiahs. One oh, okay. We're going to go with two different Jeconiahs. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay, I'm getting a little worried here. I'm getting a little worried here. Okay, so he plays audio from all of these people saying Jeconiah. Some really stresses the old there. Jeconiah. It's always interesting when you hear the way the names are pronounced. Like you can hear them so many different ways. And that, I, I can't speak for you. That drives me insane, right? Because I'll hear it one way and then, but I, because I know I've heard it 15 other ways, then what I have a tendency to do is like, I'm going to say it this way. 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 And then at some point, usually in a broadcast, I'll be like, okay, I said it wrong all of those other ways, but I can go find audio probably that all the 15 ways that I said it, I can find audio of other people saying it the same way. So I don't know, but all right. So Jeconiah or Jeconiah, all right, however you want to really stress it. They're saying that there were two. See, this is why I told everyone, this is why I told everyone to look this up in a Bible dictionary. Because see, typically, if you look in a Bible dictionary, you look up the word, the name Jeconiah. If there's more than one, guess what will happen? There'll be two, there'll be like an entry and it'll say number one, Jeconiah, da, 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 da. number two, Jeconiah, da. number three, Jeconiah, and it'll tell you a little bit about each one. That's why I gave everyone that assignment, and that's why I was waiting for, that's what I would, when I got an email, I was waiting for someone to go, oh, never mind, never mind, there's, there's 15 of them, and that one is different than that one, but is it different? Now, we, now, if, so first, we have to establish, 
Are there more? Was there more than one person named Jeconiah recorded in the Bible? Number two, are we 100% sure? I'm not saying this is where they're going to go, but just, just so that if anyone takes this path, are we sure that the Jeconiah in Matthew 1, 11, and 12 is not the same Jeconiah in Jeremiah 22, whom the curse was placed upon? There's, there's a lot of things we would have to be, we would have to be dogmatic about. Let's see where this is going to go. Let's see where this is going to go. Oh, I'm, okay. I, I don't have, oh, there's a lot of books I don't have up here currently. Okay, I'm going to hit pause and I'll be back in 30 minutes. I'm joking. I'm going to drive to the, it would be actually an hour. I'm going to drive to the church, go to the church library and come back. You just sit here and listen to silence. No, I'm not going to do that. All right, here we go. Let's see what's going to happen. See, I need all the people in Discord. The people in Discord should already be posting answers. They should already be, they should have everything for me, okay? that They should already have this all figured out. But no, no, everyone, everyone in the Discord channel has left because they're all probably watching election results or something. I'm joking. I don't know what they're doing. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see what's going to happen. So it sounds like what the theory, that their explanation is, Hey, there's more than one Jeconiah. All right, let, let's see. Let's see how this works. One of which was cursed, and the other of which was not cursed. Okay, there was two, at least at a minimum of two. One was cursed, one wasn't cursed. And I guess what they're going to claim is that the Jeconiah that wasn't cursed is in Matthew 1, 11 and 12. Okay, all right. Let's see. You see, in Matthew chapter 1, it says, Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. It says here that Josiah begot Jeconiah, which would mean that Josiah is the father of Jeconiah. However, the Jeconiah that's... Oh, we got... Okay, now, this is very important. When the Bible and a genealogy says this person begat that person, is it always... Does it, I mean, this is just a question. My job is to have you consider every problem and possible issue. That's my, my job is to get you in the text. My, that's my job. My job is not to feed you, spoon feed you simple answers. It's to get you thinking. So I want you to think about this. Every, every anytime in the Bible, are we 100% sure when it says so-and-so begat so-and-so, they are speaking about the immediate father or they're not, or are they, could they be possibly speaking of a grandfather? Like, because that's important, right? Because sometimes it, we have situations, I, I, and I, I think this would be accurate, where, well, well, wait a minute, it says so-and-so begat so-and-so, but over here it says so-and-so begat so-and-so, and then we try to rectify that, go, well, sometimes when it says so-and-so begat so it's not necessarily talking about the father, it could be talking about a grandfather. So let's at least consider that, all right? So they're saying in Matthew 1, 11, and Josiah, Josiah, Josiah begat Hang on, let me look at something. My King James there does something weird, or at least in, in the print. Hang on, I'm going to look here. Just maybe the old English. Hang on, because I want to make sure I'm not losing my mind here. Okay, and okay, uh, Matthew one eleven, and Josiah fathered Jeconiah. All right, in my King James here, the way they have it broken down phonetically, they have as Josiah, as, and Josiah, A-S, and Josiah's, begat Jeconiah's and his brethren about the time. So that's what was throwing, throwing me off, all right? That was, throwing, that was throwing me off big time, all right? So, so I think I was ignoring it, but, and Josiah, so in a different Bible, and Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his Brothers, so they're arguing that the the Jeconiah in Matthew one eleven, his father is Josiah. All right, now that so they're going to claim that that this is therefore a different Jeconiah than the one in Jeremiah twenty two. All right, let's see where this goes. Being cursed in Jeremiah twenty two is the son of Jehoiakim, and Jehoiakim is the son of Josiah, which means that this Jeconiah. All right, they're saying Jehoiakim. 
All right, let's go to Jeremiah 22. All right, I'm, fo- I'm trying to follow this. I'm fo- trying to follow this. Go to Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah 22. Okay, there's Jehoiakim. All right, and they're saying, um, let me look here. Coniah. Okay, you see here. As I live, saith the Lord, through Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim. But isn't Coniah, isn't Coniah, Je- okay, so they're saying, so they're saying then that uh, Jehoiakim is the father and not Josiah. All right. Okay. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay. All right, let's see how this plays out. Is the grandson of Josiah. So you see, there are two completely different Jeconiahs. One of which is the son of Josiah, and the other is the son of Jehoiakim, the grandson of Josiah. This is the Jeconiah whose lineage is cursed. None of his descendants could sit on the throne of David, but Jesus' genealogy is traced through the son of Josiah. His lineage is not cursed. So I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. However, there is a problem with this. In First Chronicles 3.15, it tells us who the sons of Josiah are, and it says that he has four sons. However, out of these four sons, not one of them is named Jeconiah, which means that Josiah never actually had a son named Jeconiah. And then the next verse, 3.16, says that Josiah had a grandson named Jeconiah, which means that when Matthew chapter 1 says Josiah begot Jeconiah, it can't be talking about his son, He never had a son named Jeconiah. Therefore, it must be talking about his grandson, which means that Jesus really is in the cursed lineage of Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim. So I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. However, the most obvious interpretation of this verse in Matthew is that Josiah is the actual father of Jeconiah. Not the grandfather, but the actual father. Okay, uh, I'm trying. Try, I'm trying to follow this. I'm trying. I do like the 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 fact they're like, well, okay, this could work, but wait, wait, that doesn't work. He would actually be the. But wait, he never had a son. Wait, okay. I, I like the way they're at least trying to figure this out. Like, like I, I'm going to have to just kind of play this out a little bit, and we'll have to see. But according to First Chronicles three fifteen, Josiah never had a son named Jeconiah, or did he? You see, out of the four sons of Josiah, three of them had their names changed. Jehoiakim originally was named Eliakim. Second Kings very clearly says that Eliakim was his original Hebrew name, and his name was changed to Jehoiakim. Also, Zedekiah originally was named Mataniah. Second Kings very clearly says that Mataniah was his original Hebrew name, and his name was changed to Zedekiah. Also, Shalom had his name changed to Jehoahaz. Now, Second Kings never specifically says this, but by doing a little bit of cross-referencing, you can figure it out. You see, in Second Kings, it says that when King Josiah died, his son Jehoahaz became king in his father's place. But Jehoahaz only reigned for three months and was carried away captive to Egypt, and so his brother Jehoiakim became king in his place. Well, in Jeremiah... It says that when King Josiah died, his son, Shalom, became king in his father's place. Then Jeremiah talks about Shalom being led away captive, and then goes on to talk about King Jehoiakim. Notice how Jeremiah puts Shalom in the same spot that 2 Kings puts Jehoahaz, which is why Hebrew scholars are in agreement that Jehoahaz and Shalom are the same person. And since Shalom is a Hebrew name, then that means that Shalom is his original name, and his name was changed to Jehoahaz. Even though Scripture never specifically says this, by doing a little bit of cross-referencing, you can figure it out. So you see, out of the four sons of Josiah, three of them had their names changed. But, what about Johanan, the firstborn? 
What was his name changed to? It never says. The Old Testament never says what Johanan, the firstborn, had his name changed to. Okay, so are we getting ready to make an argument that the Bible never says what his name was changed to, but we know it was Jeconiah, and he's the one in Matthew 1, 12 and 11. Matthew 11 and 12. Hey, we, the Bible never says it, but we're going to make the assumption because we can't have the cursed Jeconiah in Matthew 1, 11 and 12. So we got to have it another one because this other kid had his name changed and, and that, and we just know that. Okay, I am <laughs> making an argument based off biblical silence. Oh. <sighs> Typically when the Bible is silent, we have to be silent, but we'll let them play this out. Or even if his name was changed at all. Now, all three of his brothers had their names changed. That's three out of four. And so there's a 75% probability that Johanan, the firstborn, would have had his name changed as well. But what was it changed to? The Old Testament never gives any kind of clue or indication as to what Johanan, the firstborn, had his name changed to. But the New Testament does give us a clue. Matthew chapter 1 says Josiah begot Jeconiah. The most obvious interpretation of this verse is that Josiah was the actual father of Jeconiah. Okay, okay, um... Hang on. Let's. Oh, this is this is interesting. Okay. So the this is an argument basically based off silence. I'm gonna just see something here. I'm gonna see how many commentaries go with this idea. I'm gonna see how. I'm just just curious. How many commentaries go with this idea? All right. Uh, I'm not gonna look at all the translations. All right. All right, here we go. Uh, Jeconiah and his brethren. Here again, there is a missing link uh, in the name of Eliakim or Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah. Jeconiah was therefore the grandson of Josiah. The alternative reading mentioned in the margin rests on a very slight authority and was obviously the insertion of some later scribe to meet the difficulty. The word brethren was probably meant to include Mataniah, uh, Zedekiah, the last king of Judah, who was the son of Josiah and therefore uncle to Jeconiah. All right? They're, they're, they're saying it's, it's Jeconiah. It's, it's not a second one. Uh, this one says, begat uh, Jeconias, uh, because the A.S. and I guess the King James, Jeconiah uh, in the revised version. Here we come upon another omission. Josiah was the father of Jehoiakim and the father of Jeho of uh, Jechon and and he the father of Jeconiah. Uh, the omission is supplied in some few manuscripts, but it may be only the case of a marginal note in a previous copy having find its found its way into the text. There is, however, something to be said in favor of the acceptance. The similarity between the names Jehoiakim and uh, Jehoiakim. Jehoiachin or Jehoiachin is very great, especially in some of the Greek forms, so that they might easily be confused and, and thus a verse be omitted in some very early text. Then Jehoiachin, um, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, Jehoi, Jehoiachin, uh, Jeconias, apparently had no brethren, but see 1 Chronicles 3.16, where Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, had two or three. To make the whole pedigree agree with the Old Testament uh, record, some addition in this form would appear necessary. Josiah begat Jehoiakim and his brethren, and Jehoiakim begat Jeconiah about the time. But manuscript evidence for this is extremely slight. Yet the supposition that the names of Jehoiakim has been omitted removes what he what has seemed to, to be to, to what has seen many another difficulty. As the list now stands to make up the 14 in the third, as well as in the second section of the genealogy, it is necessary to count Jehoiakim, a king whose reign lasted only three months. Um, twice over, he closes the second and 14 and begins the third. There is nothing like this found at the other division. To substitute Jehoiakim after jo Josiah would avoid the repetition of the, of the name of such a very insignificant person, especially uh, as the reign of Jehoiakim lasted 11 years. And to mention Jehoiakim as the father of Jeconiah, or 
Jehoiakim at the time of the carrying away to Babylon would be very appropriate. Where to say Josiah begat his children at that date is not so strictly correct. It seems then probable that we have here some clerical error which may have existed already in the list. So none of them are like, no, 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 this is a different one. This is a different one. They're trying to figure out, wait a minute, it shouldn't say Josiah, and, and, and so this name should be supplied, and there's a gap here. So those two commentaries are not, no, 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 it's a completely different one. I, I'm, I'm not... Um, Let's see here. What do we have here? What do we have here? I'm looking at all these. I'm looking at all of these. Um, All right. So this one does refer to the fact that at least somebody said that Jeconiah here is a different person from that Jeconiah mentioned in the next verse, which seems very unreasonable. So there they're like, there's two different Jeconiahs in verse 11 and verse 12. Okay. So then he would still be there. Uh, oh man. Okay. So put it this way. There's a lot of problems here. Okay. These verses contain the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke also gives the genealogy of the Messiah. No two passages of scripture have caused more difficulty than these and various attempts have been made to explain them. There are two sources of difficulty. Many names that are found in the Old Testament are here omitted. The tables of Matthew and Luke appear in many points to be different. All right. So they go through and try to talk about all the problems with the genealogies. All right. They go here and they don't even bother to deal with it. It says, and uh, Josias begat Jeconias, because they're referring, they're using the King James version here, and his brethren, Jeconiah was Josiah's grandson, being the son of Jehoiakim, Josiah's second son. But Jehoiakim might well be sunk in such a catalog, being a mere puppet in the hand of the king of Egypt. The brethren of Jeconias here evidently mean his uncles, the chief of whom Mataniah or Zedekiah, who come to his throne, as well as here called his brothers. About the time they were carried away to Babylon, literally of their migration, for the Jews avoided the word captivity as to bitter a rec- uh, a recollect- recollection, and our evangelist studiously respects the national feeling. All right, that doesn't really help us. Um Let's see here. This is not, this is not offering any help at all. All right. They, this doesn't, okay. Nobody really goes with the idea that, wait a minute, this is the, the, the Jeconiah that was cursed is different than the Jeconiah and Matthew 1, 11 and 12. Nobody seems to be Nobody even really, none of the commentaries even really try to deal with the, the, the conflict of the curse. None of the, it seems like the commentaries just ignore the curse problem and like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This says the son was, they seem more bothered by the fact that what we have in verse 11 in Matthew 1 is that Josias begat Jeconias and his brethren. And they, and they get caught up with the brethren word. They get caught up with uh, Josias or Josiah being there. That, that's what they seem to get caught up with, not the curse part. They don't even seem to care. And then one, one says that the one mentioned in 11 and the one mentioned in 12 are two different Jeconiahs. Well, then you still would have the cursed one in the genealogy. So this is not, is, you see, <laughs> this is not so easily fixed. Let's see if they're willing to acknowledge some issues here. Because they're going basically, hey, we don't have any of the Bible who actually says his name was changed. But it's really this son. It's really this son of Josiah. That's the, because his name was changed to Jeconiah. And they're just assuming that. They're just, they're just making an assumption to fix a problem. You, you got to have something to go by. And you may say, oh, but Josiah never had a son named Jeconiah. Well, you don't know that because you don't know what Johanan had his name changed to. And you may say, oh, but Johanan never had his name changed. Well, you don't know that either. All three of his brothers had their names changed. Yeah, but you don't know any of that stuff either. You can't, your argument can't be, 
Well, you don't know that because I can turn around what? But you don't know that <laughs> because we're arguing about what's not recorded. <laughs> that's, that's, what, what, what is that? Well, you don't know that. You're making an argument about something you don't know because we have silence on the matter. And you may say, oh, but all three of his brothers were kings. Johanan was not a king. Only kings had their names changed. Well, that's not true. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were originally named Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They had their names changed, and they weren't kings. So you see, since the most obvious interpretation of Matthew chapter 1 is that Josiah is the actual father of Jeconiah, well then, in order to be intellectually honest, you have to at least consider the possibility that Johanan the firstborn might have had his name changed to Jeconiah. The question is, though, is can this be proven? Well... So here's what we would have to do. If he, if he wants to talk about logical integrity and logical honesty, we got to go through the entire genealogy of Jesus and Matthew. And every time it says so-and-so begat so-and-so, we have to 100% prove that every individual who says he begat him was the actual biological father and not a grandfather or something else. Because if it's, if it's clearly not always the biological father, well, then you can't argue, well, see, that proves that this person was the father. No, it could, he could just be a grandfather. He could be a, he could be a distant relative. So we would have to 100% eliminate that as a possibility. Right? We, we'd have to at least eliminate that as a possibility. Let's find out by comparing it to the alternative. You see, for whatever reason, most people, and even many Bible scholars and apologists, have not bothered to even consider this obvious possibility. They've completely overlooked it. Instead, they point out the fact... They completely overlooked it because it's just it's just based on... Well, the, the Bible never says this child's name was changed to uh, Jeconiah, but we're just going to say that it was... <laughs> And because because we're because if if it's the other Jeconiah, we got a problem. Now I understand you could make the you could make the argument, and I will at least acknowledge that because it says Josiah fathered Jeconiah, because it, it because it says he begat him, that you could then make an argument. Well, then obviously this has to be the biological son of Jeconiah. I understand that you can make that argument. You can make that argument. Um, if you look. see here. Okay, if uh, Abraham, all right, I'm looking at some of my marginal notes. I'm reading some uh, marginal notes here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, none of this gives me any, I was looking any marginal notes to see, but that's okay. That's okay. There, there's some other things that we could look in here, but oh, all right, let's, let's, let's continue. That Jehoiakim had a son named Jeconiah. And they say that when Matthew chapter one says Josiah begot Jeconiah, they interpret this to mean that Josiah begot his grandson Jeconiah. Now, this is not an improper use of the word begot. After all, I could say that my grandfather begot me. Okay, so he acknowledges that when it says Josiah begat Jeconiah, it could refer to a grandfather. It could refer to a grandfather. It could. Now, all we need to, so what we would need to establish, does that happen anywhere in the, if it never happens in the genealogy one time, then it would be completely, it would be, you would think it would be very implausible that all of a sudden it, Matthew, or the, the writer of the Gospel of Matthew, would throw in that concept all of a sudden in verse 11 and 12. Now, if he's used it before, then you, you, then you have to deal with it that it's a very, it's not, it's not only is it possible, it could be probable. And that would not be an improper use of the word begot. I could even say that my great-great-grandfather begot me. And that would not be a false statement. And so to say that Josiah begot his grandson, Jeconiah, this in itself is not a false statement. But there's a problem with this interpretation. In First Chronicles 3.16, it says that Jehoiakim had two sons. Zedekiah and Jeconiah were his two sons. 
which means that since Jehoiakim had two sons, then Jeconiah son of Jehoiakim had only one brother. Zedekiah was Jeconiah's only brother. But Matthew chapter 1 says, Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brother, plural, which means that this Jeconiah and Matthew had plural brothers. But Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, had only one brother. So, obviously, Matthew chapter 1 is not talking about this Jeconiah. Not to mention the fact that this is not the obvious interpretation of Scripture anyway. Okay, now, there there may be an argument there if you can say, well, this one has brothers, the other one did not have plural brothers. Okay, you may you may be able to make an argument there. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! So you see, the only possible conclusion is the most obvious conclusion, that Johanan, the firstborn, had his name changed. Okay, you can't keep saying it's the most obvious conclusion because you have no biblical evidence that his name was changed. You're just like, oh, wait, look, look, we got Jeconiah here. Uh Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. He's under a curse. This destroys... Okay, okay, this is a different Jeconiah. (laughs) Now, I do agree. The fact that it says Josiah begat him is helpful. And the fact that it seems to refer to he has brothers, plural, those are at least, I will say, helps. But you can't, you can't, the certainty, I, I, it, it drives me crazy when I hear like, this is just the way it is. It's so obvious. It, if it was so obvious, there wouldn't be 50 different attempts to try to fix this. Okay. To Jeconiah, this is the only possibility that we're left with. Even though scripture never specifically says this, by doing a little bit of cross-referencing, you can figure it out by process of elimination, just like Hebrew scholars did with matching up Jehoahaz with Shalom. Which means that Josiah really did have a son named Jeconiah. It was Johanan, the firstborn, which means that Jesus is not in the cursed lineage of Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim. So I could clearly not choose the wine in front of you. This makes perfect sense, because Johanan was the actual son of Josiah. Johanan did have plural brothers, and two of those brothers were carried away to Babylon. Second Chronicles specifically says that Jehoiakim was carried off to Babylon, and Second Kings specifically says that Zedekiah was taken to Babylon. And so when Matthew chapter 1 says Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon, this makes perfect sense. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. This fits perfectly, but if you interpret it the other way, then it reads, Josiah begot his grandson Jeconiah and his one brothers. Wait a minute, what? His one brothers? That's grammatically incorrect. That doesn't make any sense. However, some people point out the fact that in First Chronicles it says that the Jeconiah who was cursed had a son named Shealtiel and a grandson named Zerubbabel. Well, in Matthew, it says that Jeconiah in Jesus' lineage also had a son named Shealtiel and a grandson named Zerubbabel. And so they say that since both Jeconiahs, the one who was cursed and the one in Jesus' lineage, since they both had the same son and the same grandson, then they must be the same Jeconiah. And when Matthew chapter 1 says that Jeconiah had plural brothers, They explain this away by saying that in the Old King James, it doesn't actually say brothers, but rather it says brethren, which... Hang on, let me... I'm going to look at a different translation here. All right. Um, And Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah fathered Shealtiel... And Shealtiel fathered Zerubbabel. All right. Now, you got Shealtiel is there. Zerubbabel's there. Okay. Mm. Man, this is... I, I, look, I, I want an easy explanation. I just don't know. I just don't know. Could potentially just mean relatives. However, if you look up the word brethren in the old 1828 Noah Webster's Dictionary... It says, brethren, plural of brother. It is used almost exclusively in solemn and scriptural language in the place of brothers. 
see brother. So to say that this is talking about his relatives, that's kind of stretching it a bit. However, in this particular... Again, you would have to go through the Bible whenever the word brothers or brethren is used, and does it sometimes refer to relatives, extended relatives? And if it does, then that means it's possible here as well. I mean, I mean, look, yeah, he he's going with the idea. Well, even though it's ne- this child's name was never changed, well, we know it was changed. Like he's going from, he's not looking at the possibility of how this could all be work out with the language that is used. Particular Bible, the word brethren is underlined and it has a number next to it. And if you look that number up in the back of the Bible, it will tell you the definition of the original Greek word. And when you look it up, you'll find that the original Greek word could mean an actual brother, but it could also mean a near relative, a kinsman by blood, or a cousin. And so when Matthew chapter 1 says Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brethren, they interpret this to mean his one brother and his uncles and his cousins and his nephews. and any. Because the Greek word can do that. It, it can encompass all of that other relatives that he might have had that might have been carried away to babylon but like i said this is not the obvious interpretation of this verse however since both jeconiah's the one who was cursed and the one in jesus's lineage since they both had the same son and the same grandson well then it must be talking about the same jeconiah i mean what's the chances they have the same son and the same grandson (laughs) What's the chance that they have the same name, they have the same son, and they have the same grandson? Hey, there's two different, they have the same name, same son, same grandson, but they're different people. Therefore, Jesus really is in the cursed lineage of Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim. So I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. However, what they fail to realize is that in Matthew, it says that Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. But in First Chronicles, it says that Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Jeconiah was the father of Pediah, and Pediah was the father of Zerubbabel. Also, Matthew says that Zerubbabel begot Abiad. But First Chronicles lists off the sons and daughters of Zerubbabel, and not one of them is named Abiad. And so this Zerubbabel had a father named Shealtiel and a son named Abiad. But this Zerubbabel had a father named Pediah, and not one of his sons was named Abiad. Wow, so many similarities. Well, they're virtually indistinguishable. Of course they're the same. Not. So yes, it is true that both Jeconiahs... Okay, I hate hate that. That oh look it's so sad. you're right yeah you you figured it all out when there's there's look I can just I just briefly I'll just go through the possible solutions here that are typically given right there are three possible solutions to this difficulty first the offspring of Jeconiah mentioned in in the curse could be a limited reference to the king's own children his immediate offspring in other words. On a related note, the phrase in his lifetime could apply to the entire verse. The curse would only be enforced while the king lived. This is exactly what happened as Jeconiah was not successful as a king. He only reigned for three months before uh, uh, before he surrendered to Nebuchadnezzar's forces and none of his sons, he had seven of them, First uh, Chronicles 3, 17, 18, reigned over Judah. That's not the most obvious answer. But the whole, the time frame of the curse was during his lifetime. Like, like, what, what? No, no, no. We're going to go that this name was changed to this name, even though we have any proof in this name. And, and they're two different people, but they have the same son and they have the same grandson. But in this case, this one had a son and this one had a, no, then he had a different son. And then he had that son and, and you're going to no. why wouldn't you just look at the verse and, 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 and Jeremiah and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think it's limiting this. A second possibility um, is that the virgin birth. Jesus only had one human parent, Mary. His mother was of David's line, but not through Jeconiah. 
Joseph was Jesus' legal father, but not his physical one. Thus, Jesus was of royal blood through Mary, but the curse of Jeconiah stopped with Joseph and was not passed on to Jesus. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's it's, it's great, but that's far easier to explain than trying to go and go, wait a minute. So so Josiah had these sons. Two, uh, Three of their names were changed. The fourth one's name wasn't changed, but we know it was changed because that has to be the Jeconiah here, because it says Josiah, and it, but then there's all of the other issues. A p- third possible solution is that God reversed the curse on Jeconiah's family. This is hinted at by the prophet Haggai, who told Jerubbabel, Jeconiah's grandson, that God would make him a signet ring on God's hand, Haggai 2.23. Zerubbabel was blessed by God as the governor of Judah, and he uh, prospered of Judea, and he prospered in that role when the Jewish exiles returned to Jerusalem. The signet ring imagery of Jeconiah's curse is repeated in Zerubbabel's blessing, which must be more than a coincidence. Several rabbinic sources teach that Jeconiah repented in Babylon and God forgave him and lifted his curse. That's not easier. Because in Haggai, you literally have the grandson being referred to as a signet ring, even though in the original curse, the signet ring is going to be thrown, taken off the hand and basically thrown away. But it sounds like that the original curse had a lifespan of just during the time of Jeconiah. Why wouldn't you go with these more, I think, eloquent, eloquent solutions than this convoluted mess? Like, I, we need a chart. Okay, we'd have to have a chart. Okay, so these are the sons. These are the names that were changed. Now we have this son. His name is not changed, but we think it's the son here. But wait a minute. He has the same son. So his name is changed to Jeconiah. So we have two Jeconiahs who have the same son and have the same, uh, uh, have the same sons same, and the same grandson. Wait, what? What? But they're two different people. Had a son named Shealtiel and a grandson named Zerubbabel, but obviously they were two different Shealtiels and two different Zerubbabels. Okay, so you got two different Jeconiahs, two different Shealtiels, and two di- two different Zerubbabels. <laughs> or, okay, 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 I mean, <laughs> so you've got you got two you got two Jeconiahs, two Shealtiels, and two uh, Zerubbabel. I think it's Zerubbabel. Um, hang on, let me look here. I don't want to. I don't want to put that name here incorrectly. And uh, it is verse. Is it verse twelve? Shiatiel and Zerubbabel. Yeah. So you got two Jeconiahs, two Shiatiels, and two Zerubbabel. Okay. All right. So someone says they're lost. Well. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you're not lost because what I'm saying. I hope. I hope you're not. I hope you're not because I think I've I've tried to make it very clear. I am confused. To I'm saying that. His what the explanation we're hearing requires us to have two Jeconiahs. One is the cursed one, one is the not cursed one. Okay, one of them is the son of Josiah. Josiah had four sons. He changed three of their names was changed. We but the Bible doesn't record the fourth one having his name changed, but the fourth one name was changed to Jeconiah, and that's the non-cursed one, and he is in Matthew 1, 11 and 12. However, because it says that uh, Jeconiah had a son, uh, Shealtiel, and a grandson, Zerubbabel, both of the Jeconiahs, both of them have a son called Shealtiel and Zerubbabel. But somehow they're still two different people. So we have two Jeconiahs, two Shealtiels, and two Zerubbabels. (laughs) Now, you can look up all of those names in a Bible dictionary and see how many of them list, oh, there's two Jeconiahs, there's two Shiatiels, and there's two Jerubbabels, and see if, 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 if how many sources go with this. Now, he's acknowledged the Bible doesn't, he hasn't given us anything in the Bible to prove this. He's just like, this is the solution, and he's mocking anyone all of the other solutions. I just gave you three that I think work perfectly. 
In fact, if you put all three together, I think you can have a more comprehensive argument than this, like, you need a chart. Okay, wait, so we got this one, we got this one. Okay, his name was, well, well we don't have anything that his name was changed, but we know his name has changed because that can't be the cursed one. And, and well, brother and could mean extended relationship. And what, sometimes when it says so-and-so begat so-and-so, it doesn't necessarily mean the biological father. It could mean the grandfather, but it doesn't mean that in this case. I mean, He's doing more to destroy the argument than it actually to support it. In two different lineages of two different Jeconiahs, therefore, Jesus was not in the cursed lineage of Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim. So I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. This Zerubbabel, son of Pediah, was in the cursed lineage of Jeconiah, of whom God said, Though Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet on my right hand, yet I would pluck you off. But... This Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, was not in that cursed lineage. And the Old Testament tells us about him in the book of Haggai. It says, In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. Haggai is saying that the Lord has chosen Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel. And Zechariah, speaking of the same Zerubbabel, says that he shall bring forth the capstone. And Peter says in the book of Acts, speaking of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he says he is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. All right, so when he refers to Zerubbabel and Haggai, he's saying it's a difference. It's the Zerubbabel of the non-cursed son. Instead of going with rabbinic sources saying Jeconiah repented in Babylon, and this is this is the grandson, and the, the curse was reversed. He's going, no, 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 no. It's not the reverse of a curse. It's a completely different Zerubbabel from a completely different Jeconiah who was never cursed in the first place. That's the argument he's making. Peter is saying that Jesus Christ is the capstone, and Zechariah says that Zerubbabel shall bring forth the capstone, and Haggai says that this Zerubbabel is the son of Shealtiel. But this Zerubbabel is not the son of Shealtiel. He is the son of Pediah. He is in a cursed lineage. Haggai is not talking about him. I know where the poison is. So you see, when people say that the genealogy of Jesus is a cursed genealogy because of... The reason why they say this is because they've deviated from the obvious interpretation of Scripture by making a false assumption due to the fact that they have not fully researched the topic and are therefore unaware of the fact that there are two completely different Jeconiahs, one of which was cursed and the other of which was not cursed. <laughs> Okay, he, he says everyone else didn't do their research and he figured it all out. And all he really provided was, well, Josiah had four sons. Three of their names were changed, so the fourth one had to have their name changed. The Bible doesn't say they had his name changed, but we know his name was changed to Jeconiah. And we know that there were two Jeconiahs and they both had a son called Sheatiel and they both had a grandson called Zerubbabel. <laughs> so, but they're different people. Now, I, 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 I'm more than willing to entertain this, but it's just interesting that no, that like all the sort, like I, I'm, I'm going to be curious how many uh, entries that people look up in Bible dictionary say there's yeah there were two two Jeconiahs there were two Jeconiahs there were two Jeconiahs and Josiah begot one, but remember he would have to have begotten. I can't remember the name of the 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 son, whose name Joe Joe. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Asha or, or I can't remember the name of the supposed son Josiah uh, begat. But his name was changed. But the Bible doesn't say his name was changed. But we know it was changed, and we know it was changed to uh, to, uh, to Jeconiah. I'm trying to keep all the names straight because there's so many names that we've gone through here. That it it. it it's convoluted at best. This is what we're going to do. I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm going to put a gigantic question mark next to it and see what we can find and see what we can find. Um, none of the commentaries even hinted at that. 
The best we had is one commentary saying that the Jeconiah in Matthew 1.11 is different than the Jeconiah in Matthew 1.12. So that's, so they say there are two Jeconiahs, but they're, 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 both of them are mentioned in Matthew 1.11 and 12. He didn't even entertain that possibility. But he seems to be so certain. How can you be so certain when, I, I, I mean, I've, there's so many different solutions to this problem. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what we need a chart trying to keep up with all of those names. We do. I mean, it's so crazy. Um, man, we, we, ran into, we ran into this similar kind of problem in Mark 2, 26. We're like, wait a minute. This text says so-and-so was the father of so-and-so, but in reality, he's actually the grandfather of so-and-so. So just because it says he's the father of doesn't mean he's, but wait, well, this person, the name is this, but in this, it, he's given a different name. Whoa. And you just try to follow all of that. You can just get tied up into knots trying to figure it all out. Now, just because it's convoluted and complicated doesn't mean it's not necessarily true. I just think, why wouldn't you go with, to me, the most reasonable, which is the possibility that the curse in Jeremiah 22, that there's a time limit attached to it. And that means the curse does not carry over past the lifetime of Jeconiah. Like, why wouldn't that, why wouldn't we start there? Start with the immediate text of Jeremiah 22. Why don't we start there? But I'd still challenge you in a Bible dictionary, look up Jeconiah, Sheatiel, and Zerubbabel and see how many different ones you find. That, that's the best I can do for you now, all right? So, and then you can still look up commentaries on uh, Matthew 1, 11, and 12 and see if they mention the curse of Jeconiah. And if they do, what solution do they offer? And do they say, oh, nope, this is a different Jeconiah, completely different one. How do they demonstrate it, prove it, and what do they use to support that concept? Okay, wow, that took an hour. Man, I, I thought, well, I, I don't know what to say other than that's the fun part of doing podcasting. You never know. Like, I had no idea I was going to end up today dealing with the curse of Jeconiah. I had no plans for that, no pre preparing for that. But that's the beautiful thing is just every day this podcast takes its own different path. And I think that always makes it somewhat interesting. It's never boring. I think, I hope it's not. And so I know right now there may be some, I hope, I hope I didn't confuse anyone. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping I didn't confuse anyone. I always get nervous when someone says they're lost. I'm like, oh no, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? But I think the confusing part is just trying to keep all of those names straight. So what we, what we may do, I'm going to post this video. I'm going to post this video in the Discord channel. Here's what we're going to do. And if some industrious person, someone who really wants to do something, if they'll go through the video and write down all the names and the scripture references, right? And kind of have a chart, like, okay, because at some point we have Jeconiah, and what he's arguing is there's two of them. So what scriptures and what are the names of the people and the lines of the two Jeconiahs to, to keep us? All right. Okay, good. All right. All right. Someone says, you didn't confuse me. Everyone did uh, combined. Okay, well, that, that's probably two. And it says, including my interrupting family members. Well, you know, family members who don't respect the Theology Central podcast. They're questionable family members at best, I'm telling you. If you don't respect this podcast, I, I, you've got questionable family members. You really do. You really do. Okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But that's what we may have to do. The only way we may be able to figure this out is to make a list of the names and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, it, this, this, this whole thing breaks down right here. But I think the major assumption he's making is we don't know, there's nothing here that says this child's name was changed, but this has to be the child mentioned in Matthew 1, 11 through 12, who just happens to have a son named Sheatiel, like the other Jeconiah, and also has a grandson named Zerubbabel, just like the other Jeconiah. So there's two Jeconiahs, two Sheatiels, and two uh, Zerubbabels. That's crazy. 
I mean, I guess it's possible. I don't know how plausible it is. I guess it's possible. But if none of the dictionaries acknowledge that, then is this just basic conjecture? And if you just have to have conjecture to fix your problem, why wouldn't you go with the the things that seem far more easier and eloquent to, to demonstrate? I don't know. I can't wait to get all of the discussions on. This could get crazy, but email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I, I feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to say now. I'm just perplexed. But I'll post the, the video in the Discord channel, and if someone wants to sit down and, go, and just listen to all the names and go, okay, okay. Okay, and if maybe some someone can go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, that doesn't work, 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 because that there's just so much conjecture there. Well, the Bible doesn't actually say so, but it has to be. <laughs> it has to be because you say so. <laughs> so, all right, we'll stop there. Everyone have a good evening. I'll, I'm going to probably try to do some more broadcasts this evening. I'm, I'm going to try. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. So we'll see. I got to right now. I got to figure out the rest of the evening. Everyone have a, a a good evening. And if you're using the Church One app, everything seems to be working great. So we've not had any interruptions. So when you get a notification on the Church One app, go ahead and listen there if you so choose to. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a good evening. God bless.